Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. And we're back. New season. We're back. We're back. How you doing, Josh? New season and everything. Andrew, I'm doing well, dude. I'll be honest. I missed you. I know we I talked a couple of times too. over our break. Still, I missed still, doing the podcast we, with you as well. We did like quick conversations like, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I missed you too, man. It's been a couple weeks, but it feels much longer. I don't know if that's just because life is demanding or what, but I'm glad to be back with you, man. Yeah, probably. It probably is. Uh, and then having a sick wife doesn't help either. So for you, yeah, I don't have a sick stinking COVID, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, your wife? <laughs> I didn't know you had a wife and she's sick. I'm sorry. I haven't updated you in a while. It's... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Dude, a lot can happen in three weeks. That's intense. Uh, <laughs> that would actually be hilarious if you're like, yeah, I got married and uh, she's sick and I'm just scared. Uh, crazy. No, man. Um, dude, I'm sitting outside. This is the first time I've ever done that, uh, for our podcast. So hopefully there's not weird background noise, but it is like amazing weather here. It's like 70 or close to it and sunny blue sky. Like it's just too good to be inside, you know? Yeah. That's what our weekend was like. And now it's, it's still nice out. It's still like 70 degrees or something, but it's overcast. It's cloudy today. Bummer. Yeah, it's been I gotta beautiful. be honest though, there's really Oh, go ahead. I said it was really, really hard to to be in meetings yesterday when you knew it was really nice outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you're like, uh, let's go audio only and I'm gonna be walking uh <laughs> at Palmer Park in Colorado Springs. Um Dude, there's like four or five large bumblebees like on flowers not far behind me. And it's it's a little freaky. Like they're the kind of bees you hear from like six feet away, you know, uh, even if they're socially distanced, you hear them fully. And uh, I'm hoping they don't decide to come and land on my back while I'm talking to you. That's good. Like bees are kind of the worst. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um it's always those things that like, if there's a bee around, I'm getting stung. It's just, that's how it's going to play out. Uh, my entire life's been this way. Uh, we used to have, so in high You're school. always the guy. Uh, always the guy. I'm, I'm getting stung. I've get, I got stung in the finger once. Uh, like, how do you get stung in the finger? <laughs> um, but no, in, in high school, they were doing a bunch of construction around our, our high school, like building homes and whatnot. When I was like. Yeah. I was still on campus, so it must have been my sophomore year, maybe my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we used to eat outside every day because, shoot, it's Arizona. Why not? Uh, and they had, like, this pizza cart. And that's where you, like, buy your whatever pizza brand it was. I don't remember now. Um, and uh, I'm waiting in line for that. And there's, like, this bee flying around. And I, like, swipe at it with my hand. It freaking got me right in the finger. I'm like, Ouch. what the heck? How does this even happen? <laughs> it happened. That's rough, man. That's rough. Yeah, I've had some bad bee stings. Like one, I was helping my friend uh, on his farm one time. I was little and he had tricked me. He had invited me over to go swim in his pond because he had an awesome zip line and like cool dock and all this stuff. And when I got there, he's like, oh, by the way, we got to like shovel this huge pile of cow crap uh, from one place to another and then we can swim. So at that point, it was more like a bath. But halfway through... Uh, halfway through that, 
swimming or uh, halfway through the shuffling, this wasp comes out of nowhere and stings me like right above my eye. And dude, within like five minutes, my whole eyelid was like swelled shut. And I was like laying, you know, in the house, like taking Benadryl and all this stuff. I don't even think I, it, I don't know. I'm usually not, but that wasp got me like right in the soft part of my skin, right above my eye, below my eyelid or eyelash. And it was just like horrible, horrible, horrible. So yeah, bees. I had a friend once. I don't remember if it was a wasp or if it was a hornet, uh, but I was little. So probably like six or seven. I'm over at his house and he got stung. And I like, and when wasps sting, they like sting over and over and over again. They don't stop. They just keep like humping your head. Uh, yeah, and I just terrible. watched my friend getting stung over and over again and didn't know what to do. I was like, ah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I remember his name at this point. <laughs> but if you get stung around me, I am not the guy to help you. I'm just going to freeze up and be like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I am not going to help you. I'll tell you that much. Dude, speaking of going to help you, it's a new season. We're in Galatians. What's, it uh, is a new season. How'd we land? We need like there? a creative name. Yeah. Um probably we do. Be, yeah, we need a creative name, but like let's be honest, we don't plan well. Um no. <laughs> we did last we're both season. Very we busy, knew, actually, right? in life. We knew parables, this is what we're doing. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh but then <gasps> we're right. like, dude, we should talk about Galatians. And um we never came up with really a title for the series. So this is just the Galatians series, and I know that's not sexy. And it's not fun. And you're like, oh, what is this going to be? Um, it's going to be good. That's what it's going to be. That's all that matters. Gonna We're going to call this the, the good season. Right? The, the good Galatians, season. I like that. I like that. We season. should. The good season. Like the good place. Isn't that the name of the TV show? The good place? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's literally call it the good season. And then when people are like, hey, I want to check out your show and be like, we can just be like, hey, start with the good season. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then like literally it's Perfect. just called the good season. Yeah. And then if it doesn't live up to your expectations of good, like that's on you, not on us. It's like, not us. That's yeah, fault. it's them. It's that's them. how I look at it. <laughs> but, no, we 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 started in the Galatians because, and there's been a theme right along our podcast for a while now, yep. of like mm-hmm. what does it mean to truly live in the gospel and only the gospel, and what is the freedom that we experience, the full life that we experience, that Jesus promised in John ten ten, um, that we experience when we live in this life. And that's kind of been a theme going all the way through. And we're just kind of putting a cap on that theme. Well, the key theme will probably continue after the series. Let's be honest, because this is the Jesus life. But um, Galatians is all about freedom. And how do we live in the freedom now we've, that we've now found in the gospel? Um, and, you know, it's chock full of, of beauty. Uh, I've gone through Galatians, like, I don't know how many times, probably six or seven, maybe even more times in the last month and a half, two months. Nice. Um, I'm no longer in Galatians, but the Timothys, but uh, it's just been super, super helpful for me and my walk with Jesus. And we think it'd be super, super helpful with others and their walk with Jesus. Um, as we look at Paul's words to the Galatians on how to live this Jesus life um, and the freedom that you now have inside of it and stop going back to trying to live this life any other way. Um, and that's how we start essentially um, this letter to to the church. But I think what, what a good title for this episode would be is no other gospel. No other gospel. I think so too. Um, and we'll get, we'll get there really soon, really quick. Um, I was just going to say, 
you've been reading and thinking about Galatians for a while now, like you just said, but in the last week or two weeks, since whenever you and I decided this is where we're going to go next, um, I've been like listening to Galatians and reading it as well. Um, but I've listened in a few different versions, like the message as well as NIV, um, and then read some NASB. So I'm just trying to get different perspectives on it a little bit. Um, that I can interpret, not necessarily like commentaries and stuff. But um, man, one thing that stands out in every version of Galatians that I've read or listened to is that Paul was like stinking bold. Like he <laughs> he's writing to them kind of upset uh, at the at the outset, upset because they seem to have lost their way or confused the message, confused the faith a little bit, the gospel a little bit um, for a lot of reasons. And he's straight up kind of mad with them and like setting them straight. And then also just saying like, here's, here's the gospel straight up. Here's how you know that my life changed and that it was real straight up. Like it wasn't this, I'm going to make a bunch of money by changing everything in my life and, uh, and preaching the gospel is like, no, I'm going to do the hardest possible thing and go from persecuting the church to preaching and growing the church, um, growing the kingdom of heaven, the way, as they called it at the time, um, followers of Christ. And, you know, he's, I just, I don't know, Paul's boldness stands out real clear um, in Galatian. That's a theme that has, that I've walked away with often. And, um, you know, in our parable series, Josh, we, we would always give kind of like a, overview of like our version of the parable that when I would do it, it always ended up in three times as long as the actual parable. Um, but, uh, I don't know that we'll like necessarily read word for word the scripture that we're referencing, but we might sometimes for a verse or two, but today we're in Galatians one, um, primarily verses one through 10. So if you are listening to this, uh, and you want to think more about it, We'd really encourage you to go and read actually just all of Galatians 1, because then you'll kind of be ready for uh, our next episode or two after that. But yeah, I mean, that theme of boldness stands out big time to me in in this book in general. And I wanted to see if any other themes kind of stand out to you as a, as a through line of Galatians. Yeah, I think it's important to remember, especially when you read the epistles, so... Um, really in your Bible, anything that starts with a name, like a name of a place, there'd be an epistle. Um, and essentially all they are are letters to that group of Christians in that area. Um, so Paul's writing a letter to the Christians in in um, Galatia, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Galatian people. Um, so typically in Paul's letters, he's correcting behavior. So these are all churches that he's started at some point along the way. And now he's mm-hmm. writing back to them oftentimes to correct things of where they just kind of steer the wrong direction. Um, they're getting back on track. And that's where Paul's starting here is they've added things to the gospel. Um, tip, what's really happening in Galatia is the uh, Jews that have now become Christians are actually adding things to Christianity in terms of mm-hmm. they have to be circumcised. They have to avoid these foods. Um, Jewish tradition um, to the gospel, and Paul's just trying to recorrect them. Um, in the first parts of these verses, in the second half, um, 
at least of Galatians chapter one, Paul is essentially giving himself credibility uh, for the gospel that he preaches, um, since that was up for the debate in, in Galatia as well at the time. And he's just verifying of like, here's the message that I've preached and I've preached this for mm-hmm. years at this point. Um, and now I've gone, you know, to the, the apostles, um, and they've verified my gospel to be the gospel. So just kind of putting himself back to no, this came directly from Jesus. I'm an, I'm an apostle myself. Um, so yeah. some authority and a credibility to what he's trying to preach and change. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, no, no other gospel. That is a, um, kind of big title. Uh, but that's the reality of what this chunk of, of Galatians is about for chapter one verses one through 10. And, um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts to lead in? Do you want me to dive in? What do you think? Yeah, let me um, let me start with some verses. So hopefully you've paused this. You've got to spend some time with Jesus yourself. You're, you've listened to what Jesus has to tell you uh, through relationship as you read this thing. But um, we'll highlight some verses here. So this is Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Um, the other verses are great too, but I'm going to start with 6. Um <laughs> says, I'm astonished, this is the NIV, by the way, I'm astonished that you so quickly uh, deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or angels from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one I preached to you, let them come under God's curse. And I intense. think so often we can, <laughs> it's intense to some extent, but like important, right? And that's the point of, yeah. I think what Paul's trying to get across is, no, this matters. Like the yeah. gospel itself matters. And the second the gospel itself starts to morph and change, it's no longer the mm-hmm. gospel. Um, yeah. And that's what he's getting to. And we've talked a lot about this, right? Like, you know, the idea that we can, we're okay with faith in Christ being enough for our salvation, you know, recognizing that Jesus was the son of God, that he lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death and rose again four days or four days later, three days later. Um, like this is, this is the gospel. Um, and believing and having faith in that is enough for you to find forgiveness and restore relationship with God. Um, and we're good with that for salvation. But the second we find salvation somewhere along the way that no longer becomes enough. Um, and we start adding to it. And we added to it in a lot of different ways. We added to it by works-based faith of God doesn't love me enough unless I do a lot for him. Um, or, you know, good Christians, maybe it's an image thing of this is what good Christians look like. And I want to be seen as a good Christian. So I do all these things. But there's no relationship like what Jesus actually went to the cross to die for your relationship um, with him. Um, excuse me. I just burped. I'm about to burp again. <laughs> I apologize to all those listening. Um Sorry for uh, the burps. Garbanzo was super tasty today <laughs> for lunch. Um, uh, it was actually left over from yesterday, but that doesn't matter to the story. Um, or it's, or it's, you know, we're seeing this more and more in Christianity that um, we start to practice more and more Jewish customs and more and more um, laws under the old covenant that God gave the Jews, but doesn't give up, don't give us as, as followers of Jesus. Um, we start to practice those festivals and practice those, those different things um, because we feel like the faith wasn't enough. Faith in Christ wasn't enough that we have to add to it. I have to do more. Um, 
it's getting deeper and deeper into theology and theology is great. Theology is fun to talk about, discuss, even argue about. Um, but it isn't the most important thing in the entire world. Now there's essentials to our faith, right? Who Jesus is, who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, what the recorded word of God is, um, how you find salvation. Like those are, those are essentials to our faith, but there's a lot of other things that aren't essential, like predestination versus, you know, Arminianism, Calvinism versus Arminianism. Does it really matter? No, I'm called to live out the great commission, no matter how God does it on the other side. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether we get into pre post or mid trip, (laughs) forgetting the word, right? Doesn't matter. Not essential theology. Um, some may think it is. It's not. Uh, it doesn't matter when Jesus comes back. Jesus even says it doesn't matter when he comes, when he's coming back and only the father knows that date anyways. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's yep. that piece of like, we start to add all these things on the gospel that we have to believe or we have to do and that the gospel just stops being enough. Or you get deep into prophecy, right? Like you have a pro- prophetic word over people. And if you don't have that, then, then you're not really a Christian. Um, yeah, different gospel. Sorry. Um, and it matters so much and it mattered so much to Paul here that, yeah, that's the words he wrote, right? Like if you preach anything other than this, let them be under God's curse because this matters at the utmost. And I think we often miss that. Um, and we start to add to it. And I think it's hard too to identify things in our life that are, that are other gospel, that we're no longer living, um, the gospel of Christ that we've now attached things to it. And it's no longer the gospel of Christ. Um, and I'd be curious to have that conversation, but what are your thoughts before we get to that? Yeah, I guess my my thoughts is that while this was written a long time ago by Paul to the church of Galatia, um, the issue has not changed much, uh, from my perspective. That's all of scripture. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it's still, we're we're dealing with the same things over and over again. Yeah. It's still totally relevant. Yeah. And maybe we don't, I don't think we learn nearly as much as we think we learn. You know, there's a reason in, uh, what is it? Lamentations where it's like, he concludes, Solomon concludes, like there's nothing new under the sun. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. Internet might look new, but you know, there's always been ways to communicate, um, all kinds of things. So all that to say, man, I think when we start thinking about the gospel and drifting from what, the good news is the gospel, the good news. Um, as soon as we start to drift, things get out of whack pretty quickly. Um, like, man, even not that long ago when, when the kind of Protestant church split, split from the Catholic church, um, it was over the sale of indulgences where basically Martin Luther and crew were like Catholics, you are saying we can buy our way into heaven essentially back in the day. And that was a major schism in the church. Cause he's like, no, like that's not, that's not the way that's not the gospel. That's not a part of it. And we're out, you know, there's a lot more there. And Josh, you probably know more than I do, but that's just a more recent example of a major thing. But a more personal example is like, man, if you think about, I want to tell somebody about the good news, the gospel of what Jesus did for them and how they can live in in this Jesus life. And you basically have a list of like 15 things you got to tell them and you got to keep adding and adding and making sure you get your theology right by adding this other thing. Uh, then, then maybe there's some things that you're calling gospel that are not 
gospel things. Um, the good news is that God incarnate came in the form of Jesus to live a life as one of us, literally, um, live a sinless life as one of us, and then chose to die and die death, um, and die a death, uh, on the cross. Sorry. I just saw your chat, Josh. Um, <laughs> so that literally, uh, we can have a real relationship with God, the father and that Jesus would take our sin on him as the ultimate sacrifice. Um, now from that point, there's a lot of ways your life changes as soon as you kind of accept those things to be true and, and try to live this Jesus life out. There's a lot of guidance, a lot of things about living a real Jesus life that we've talked about and that I'm sure we'll continue to talk about. But that's kind of kind of the gospel is that that happened, that Jesus came in the flesh to die for you and I so that we can live and that we can live a real life uh, connected to God the Father um, in real relationship. But what are your thoughts, Josh, on what is the gospel like what is the good news because if we say there's no other gospel then we better be pretty dang clear on what the gospel actually is yeah it's always it's always shocking to me that when you i ask this question pretty regularly like what is the gospel um and you get a thousand different answers um which just shows the how good the enemy is at confusing the heck out of us because there isn't a thousand different answers. There's one answer. And the gospel is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, I know we call that the gospels (laughs) and it is the story of Christ and and him establishing the church, him establishing what he had to, you know, his mission here on earth and then him going into his sacrifice uh, in the record of that. And then of course his victorious return. But um, that's not, that's not all the gospel. So everything that is written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those aren't that isn't the gospel itself. Um, and I know that can be confusing. I get it. Um, and then you get all these different things. And like you know, I've even had people say, "Well, it's the Ten Commandments," and you're like, "No, it's not." Right. Um, sorry. Right. It's one of those things that like you want to be compassionate <laughs> when people mm-hmm. when you ask the question and they give you a wrong answer. Like I just asked this question to a group of guys. Uh, like within the last month and every one of them had a different answer. Only one of them had the correct answer. And I applauded him greatly and shamed the rest. Um, <laughs> That's Paul Wood, by the way, he That's starts Paul in verse That's six. Really what I'm amazed back that you so quickly are deserting yeah. him who called you. Yeah. Like he didn't, so I, just, ta- I, he didn't I give Paul, Paul the credit. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was him. And I was just, right. I was just following his example. Right. No, the gospel is exactly as, as you said it, right? Um, so we can even go back further. Genesis 1-1, Genesis uh, 2, um, that God's original plan for his creation, humanity, you and me, um, was to be in relationship with us. And we see that to some extent uh, in those early accounts of humanity here on earth, um, that God walked with him you know, side by side as, as Adam named different animals, like there was a deep relationship. Um, they chose to sin and that created a separation between them and God. We see this also because you know this is the first time that they're clothed before that complete vulnerability, complete openness between them and God. And now something new has been entered into the picture, which was sin. Um, and that same sin has reproduced itself over and over again throughout the ages. And we now deal with that same sin ourselves. Um, and I know I'm giving you more detail to the simple to a simple gospel, but I'll go back and just give you the simple gospel. Um, but I want to give you the detail like you just did. Um, 
Jesus came to this earth to be the ultimate sacrifice for that. A sacrifice had to be um, spent, and that sacrifice had to be a sacrifice of blood. And that's the only thing that caused, you know, that purifies sin. Um, we see that through all the, the the old covenant. It was the blood sacrifices of the lamb that purified not only individuals, but also the nation. Yep. Um, so Jesus was that sacrifice. Well, for him to be a perfect sacrifice, for him to be able to be the sacrifice for all humanity's sin, sin that's already been committed and sin that was going to be committed, um, he had to be perfect. And this is the beautiful thing about who Jesus was, being fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life, um, obeyed all commandments of the old covenant, um, obeyed all you know universal commandments beyond even the old covenant uh, of just who God is and his character, um, became the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, and then took on the sins of humanity, your sins and mine, and died in our place was the sacrifice for that sin. And then he conquered death three days later, uh, giving us the ability to conquer death ourselves. Um, And now we live in a new life or what scripture calls that we're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Um, We get to live not only our future life with Christ and what we call heaven, um, but also this life now we get to walk with Christ as well. And that is the simple gospel. Um, Now, simply put, God wants to be in relationship with us. Sin entered the picture and created the separation between us and God. Uh, God wasn't okay with that, so he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death, uh, and conquering death three days later so we can do the same, and now we live as a new creation um, for this life and the next. That's the gospel. We know that's the gospel. Um, one, because that's the same thing Paul taught over and over again. It's the same thing that we see uh, in Peter's speech um, when in early in Acts as, as the churches began. Um, and it's also in first Corinthians 15 or Jesus or Jesus, where Paul himself specifically says, this is the gospel. And then he lays that exact thing out. Um, so this is how we know this is what the gospel is. Uh, anything additional to that is no longer the gospel. when we're adding to, um, the, the essence of who we are, um, the essence of us living this Jesus life. And, you know, like you said, if you're at, if you're having to go through 15 different, topics of what the gospel is or, or what are you trying to add to? And it shows up in weird different ways. Right. And it shows up, I think from care, like sure. it, it's a place of like, they generally were trying to help them. So it's like, you, we only read this version of the Bible because this is God's version of the Bible. You're like, well, like you really think that like the translations that we have today, they all have their, their uh, strengths and they all have their weaknesses and they all have errors to some extent um, in terms of, you know, how it's interpreted and some may see it as an error, some may not, uh, but how it's interpreted um, from the original text as, as they have it. Um, I think God's much bigger than all that. We don't have to worry about it. Right. Like yep. there's no concern for those things or, um, you know, you can be a part of this type of church or this denomination. Um, you know, we we're talking about the Catholic, you know, churches or Catholic mm-hmm. church with Martin Luther and the split from the Protestant movement. Um, and I would argue there's probably Catholics um, that are practicing Catholics today that are followers of Jesus and would be considered his when it comes to judgment. Um, oh, absolutely. Because they and, and recognize let me just what say, the gospel I wasn't, is. I wasn't in any way judging uh, in that saying. No, I don't think that. They're all bad. They're all good. I'm just saying that's a that was something that we can look back on at this moment. And at least I believe, hey, that, that clearly wasn't a gospel thing that was being elevated to a place that that was a just a belief uh maybe a dogmatic belief that wasn't actually gospel truth um that people held in the catholic church that caused a split now yeah not saying 
there's no Catholics that are are real followers of Christ. Not making that claim at all. Um, no, I don't think just you to are. clarify. Yeah, yeah, and but some would argue if you're part of the Catholic Church, then you can't be. Because there's a lot of works-based faith inside that. I get it. Um, but salvation can still come through the Catholic Church. God's bigger than that. Um, as long as we get back to this specific gospel and anyone teaching this specific gospel, I would argue we can align ourselves to some extent uh, together and stand in unity because we stand on the gospel. You start adding anything to that, and yeah, now we have problems. Um, if you think that they got to clean up their act before they come through your church doors, so they got to stop drinking, smoking, and sleeping with girls who do right? Like that piece, then you're not preaching the gospel because that's not the gospel. Jesus didn't say, Hey, I need you to get all your life right. I need you to stop sinning in all these different ways. And then you can come to me. No, he said, no, while you're yet still sinners, Christ died for you. Um, like this is the gospel. It doesn't change. Right? So as long as we can align on those things, everything's great. But I think oftentimes somewhere along the way, the gospel stops being the gospel and we've got to add to it because we feel like it's just not enough. Um, and I think that's because we've never felt the, the, the fruit of relationship with Christ that he restored uh, through the sacrifice for our sins, right? Like that, that's what he went to the cross for is to restore the relationship. And I think we often miss that and we've never felt the fruit of that. So we feel like we have to add to it just to feel like we're good Christians or that God still loves us somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and we might add to it out of good motives, or or we might not. I don't know, but uh, man, there are a million things you can slip into into a gospel level belief that are just not. <laughs> you know, it's pretty. Well, it's not. It's not simple. Okay, it's pretty simple to explain what you just did about Jesus coming and living as one of us, dying to take uh, our sins on Himself as the ultimate sacrifice rising again, conquering death, and creating a bridge between us and God for real relationship. That's not that hard to explain. Um, it's incredibly profound, uh, but it's not its not something that can't be explained to a five-year-old. You know what I mean? As soon as we start adding a lot of things that you can't easily explain to a child, um, that might be a good sign that <laughs> it's also not gospel. Um, if you start believing that, that real faith is only expressed by, by works, by going and serving, um, and then you got to back up, like, here's 50 ways that I know that's true. And that that's basically what Jesus meant by the good news and by the great commission and blah, blah. Like you can, you can figure out how to convince yourself and probably others of that stuff. Um, but it's, it's just not the gospel it's it's right back to what paul is saying here where he's like you so quickly deserted him who called you by the grace of christ for a different gospel like you got mixed up you know you you confused it and maybe you did it for good purposes maybe not uh, or with good purposes in mind but you're confused. <laughs> Let me correct you. There's no other gospel. Here's the here's the real one. And anybody who preaches differently from that, let the judgment be on them, but don't believe it. Don't stray from the simple, profound, life-changing message that Jesus came as God's only son uh, to live as one of us, died for us, and conquered death for us. Now go and live a life that reflects that.
you know, that's, yeah. that's the gospel. And I think it's important too, like, and this is the beauty of how Paul writes is Paul just takes it back to the gospel, right? Like anything other than this, than what I taught you, like it, like that's not the gospel. I need you to avoid it. Um, it isn't a matter of, let me go attack everybody that I hate or I think is wrong. Um, it's no, I just need to get you back to the core. I need you to get back to this because this is the gospel. And I think we often forget that like in defense of the gospel, I think we, we take this position or this stance to attack those that speak differently to that. Um, and I think we get ourselves in a lot of trouble when we, when I find ourselves in that place, um, because, you know, we go back to even Jesus sending out the disciples and the disciples coming back and saying, well, you know, who are these people that are, are, are you know, prophesying your name? And who are these people that are doing miracles in your name? Uh, and Jesus' response was, hey, if they're not against us, they're for us. Right? Mm-hmm. Like this happens. Yeah. So can yeah. we just get back to the gospel and correct people where the gospel's, when the gospel's been added to you, because that's important. Um, but but it's not a matter of we're going to attack or or come after those that think differently from us. Um, we just have to remember that the essential beliefs uh, of the Christian faith, and it's a smaller number than you would assume um, compared to, you know, the unessential beliefs where we can disagree and still have unity, I, I think it's important to remember uh, in the in the conversation. But I think I think it's important now to kind of shift gears to our own lives and how do we allow other things get added to the gospel and maybe even Andrew can you can answer from a personal experience of like, what have you done in the past that has kind of strayed you off and you've gone down the wrong road, or maybe this isn't your story, but, um, and you've had to get yourself back to just, this is the gospel and this is it. This is all I have to focus on. And this is, this is the whole thing. Well, it may be shocking to our podcast listeners, um, but I actually love podcasts um, and I love, I love learning and I love, uh, I'm a very auditory learner and man, I think back Josh to like, uh, probably it was like leading into the first Trump election. Uh, and then like for the next year after that, this guy, um, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson out of, uh, out of um, Canada, like really rose to prominence and um, he rose to prominence for a lot of reasons, but um, a lot of people started listening to him and paying attention to him in a very serious way. And he was doing a lot of lectures and a lot of teaching around like responsibility. um, And that kind of spoke to me. Um, And he was doing a lot of teaching around like accepting responsibility and and moving forward under it, you know? And I remember, um, I don't think he was bad. I don't think his message was bad, but he did this lecture on like, he launched a kind of lecture on like Genesis and how to understand it, whether you're a Christian or not. And I don't know if he's a Christian or not, honestly, but um, I remember like, yes, I was way. like, he is okay. Um, yeah, he came well, to know Jesus. There's a there's a famous interview with him, like starting to cry. Of, like I don't know why I believe in Jesus, but I do. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, but I just I remember that I um, was so interested in those ideas. I was so kind of captivated by by the thoughts he was sharing and by some other people as well that I realized at one point. 
I don't even know how I realized. I guess the Holy Spirit probably revealed it to me, but I had kind of diminished the role of seeking out what Jesus might be saying to me, where God might be pushing me or speaking to me in my life. And I was filling that that kind of gap with like, what knowledge can I learn? What interesting thoughts can occupy my mind from people like Dr. Jordan Peterson? And again, not throwing blame saying they're bad or that their message was misleading. I just kind of let that be a bigger portion of my life than it should have been, where I was following them very intently, listening to anything that that I could find that he had done. And and pretty quickly, or maybe over six months of that, like that voice in my life kind of became more important than the voice of the Holy Spirit and the guidance and nudging of of the Lord in my life. And uh I don't know. I don't think it led me down this like horrible, horrible path, but it, it at a minimum, I'd say it distracted me from whatever God might have done uh, through me in that season. Um, from my perspective, I just kind of was like adrift, I guess, and, and seeking knowledge and, and learning from people and places that weren't necessarily from the Lord. Uh, so I don't know, man, that came to mind where I, I kind of let that uh, pursuit of knowledge get elevated a lot higher than it should have in my life. And it was for good things and through good things. But ultimately, it just kind of led me to like, oh, I'm I'm letting this human man <laughs> have too much of a voice in my life. I need to I need to correct that. And I need to, you know, maybe cut out podcasts for a few months or cut out books by him or whatever for a few months and uh and refocus and i think god kind of brought me back but you know if i continued down that road too far then who knows man like if you just start pursuing knowledge 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 it's like then of course relationship gets diminished and like if i'm just looking into all the old greek myths and all the old things that that aren't gospel focused at all then uh then I'm not focused on living out the gospel in my own life. Um, that was kind of my story. I'm not trying to judge everybody and else think, who's interested in that stuff. It's just like, yeah, things can I creep in, I guess, you know? And, and I think, I think what you said was important. Like the second you let something else take the place of your relationship with Jesus and the Holy spirit speaking through that relationship, um, like you've got to backtrack, you got to pull back cause you don't, know where you're going to end up from there. And I think that's an important piece. Um, like the Enneagram super like, yeah. Yeah. Similar to Jordan Peterson, right? Like it's taken off. Um, everybody's talking about it. Even inside Christendom, everybody's talking about it. Like this is the new, you know, secret sauce or tool in the world. And the problem is it, we, when we let things like that, and I'm not saying it's horribly bad. I don't practice it. I don't get into conversations about it anymore. And I read everything on it when I first found it. So, uh, and the reason for that is similar to to your story, Andrew, was when I let something else become the source of truth in my life, other than Jesus and my relationship with Christ, then I got a problem. Um, and we're going to end yeah. up in, in places and put hope in things that we shouldn't be putting our hope in um, or taking as authority. Is there benefit yeah. to the Enneagram? Maybe. I don't sure. know. Don't really care anymore. Um, I care more <laughs> about... Um, what Jesus wants me to do and what Jesus is calling me to do inside of my relationship with him. Um, it's the same thing like going into like conquering sins in your life, right? Yeah. You can have habitual sins that you've been dealing with most of your life, you know, 
um, whatever. And I don't mean to di- diminish sin. Sin is destructive. It's it's dirty. It's going to destroy your life is the longer you right. walk in it. But um, right. if you're going to try to deal with some some habitual sin that Jesus isn't asking you to deal with right now, it, like that's a struggle. Um, now it's all self-effort and what you can right. do on your own ability. And you're, the power of Christ isn't in the midst of that. Now, if you're in a walking relationship with Jesus and Jesus says, hey, you need to deal with these things. I want you to do this, this, and this this week. That's a whole other story. That's yeah. what the sanctification process looks like. And yeah, as you walk with those things, as you as you walk, sorry, I should say walk in relationship with Christ, like those things are going to are, are going to start to fall off. And you're going to start to recognize the works of your faith um, yeah. in a way that you didn't realize were going to play out before. Like this is what the book of James is all about. Now, James gets a bad rap because it, it kind of presents this works-based faith if you don't read the first chapter. But like this right. is just the result of walking in faith and in relationship with Jesus. And we let anything else come into the midst of that, then we don't see the sanctification process come out. And, and I don't mean to take shots at just the Enneagram. Like there's there's thousands of things, um, whether it's Jordan Peterson or the Enneagram or, or 50 other things, or maybe it's a, a certain preacher that you like to listen to. At any point, if something becomes the source of your hope, the source of your knowledge, the source of your life that isn't Christ himself, like we're on the wrong path. We're, we're believing a gospel other than the gospel of Christ. Um, we've let something else take that place. And, and we just have to be careful in those places. And they usually come from good places, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get political and that's not my point of making this point, but I'm going to make it anyways. Like the gospel is for every, every nation. The gospel is for every race. The gospel is for no matter what color skin you are, no matter what economical class you come from in this life, the gospel is for you. And the gospel has the ability to transform your life for salvation, restoring your relationship back to Christ, but also has the ability to transform your life from here on out for who God's called you to be. So you can experience a full life, a life full of, of hope, a life full of joy that maybe you're not experiencing now. But um, with all that said, the whole social justice movement replacing the gospel is a huge problem in the church today. Like it doesn't work. Um, we can't bring justice to our world without Christ doing what Christ does in the hearts of people. That's the reality of it. Um, when we yeah. put our faith and our hope in the government to do those things, you're going to end up being frustrated and disappointed. That's just the truth. The gospel's the thing that has the ability to transform and change hearts. It's the only thing that can do it to the extent yeah. that it does it. Um, so it's the gospel that we have to be presenting to people for an opportunity to find salvation and restoration in relationship with God. Like that's going to start, we'll, we'll go down this road. Like you have the darkest, ugliest racist, right? I'm sorry, but the government's not going to change his views. Society is not going to change his views or her views for that matter. Right. Like right. they're stuck in that way in that, in that view of life in their worldview. But the gospel piercing the heart of that individual has the ability to transform and change everything because Jesus just entered the picture. And I think that's the piece that we miss, that we start to take all these controls of, here's everything I can do. And you're like, no, 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 it's not about what we can do. It's about what Jesus can do. And when I walk with Jesus to let that come out of me, to see the change in the world around me, right? Like, but when I when I skip steps along the way, and it's all about what I can do, what I can do, what I can do, this is an injustice, and it is an injustice, but this is an injustice that now I can, you know, I'm going to change all these different things. No, like this is the life of Christ. Now, if Jesus is saying, hey, you have this so-and-so friend, and I want you to say these three things to him, then go do that. 
Great. Awesome. Or, Hey, there's this person in your life that I want you to build a relationship with. Awesome. Great. Do it. Maybe you don't even know why you're building a relationship with them. You just know that Jesus said, Mm -hmm. chase after this relationship and this is what you're doing. But the second we're aligning ourselves with what Christ is doing, the power inside of us is phenomenal. The power inside of us can start to change the hearts of everyone around us because Jesus is in the midst of it and Jesus is already moving. And you hear this all the time, right? In the church. And I'll, I'll stop here with my rant and let you jump in. But, um, like, you, we always say, like, we want to be where Jesus is already at work, right? But yet we don't do the things or, or aren't in deep enough relationship to know right. where Jesus is already at work. And we miss all of that. Like, the relationship with Jesus is 100% key to this life and how you live it. And if we were all living and aligned with Christ and Christ doing a sanctification process inside of us, man, yeah, our worlds would be much better places. Our worlds would be full of uh, of righteous people. Our worlds would be full of of you know, joy and hope that no matter the circumstances of life, God is still good and God is still great. Um, we miss all those things um, because we try to do it on our own. We start to pull it back and say, the gospel wasn't enough for me and I got to do all these things. Um, and we even do it in, in you know, light of what we think is the gospel. I'm going to do all these things for God, Christ's gospel. And you're like, well, it's not Christ's gospel. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And we miss and, out on and that. When you say do all these things, and as I was referencing earlier, like, when you when you lump, want to lump twenty things into the answer of what is the gospel, um, if I were to say, "Hey, the gospel is the story about Jesus," but if you want to know more, you should read Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. Um, there's something whacked in the way I'm looking at the gospel. <laughs> we should be able to see that, right? Uh, because it's like, wait, wait, wait. You want me to read this book that was written by a dude, dude, like three years ago? four years ago to understand the gospel? No, like that's not right. Uh, similarly, if I say, I, Hey, I know you heard the message of Christ. You just accepted Jesus. If you want to take a real next step, uh, here's an online Enneagram test. Um, that's the best way to take the next right step. It's like, is it, is that the best way? Is that the right thing? Yeah. That might be a helpful tool along the way. Might not. I don't know. <laughs> but but is it the gospel? Well, I think no. I think you're hinting not. on something, and, right? Like and, and that. Let me. I'll just one sec. I mean, like that's the type of thing that we we so quickly can like glom onto the things that are important for us personally and start to start to think everybody else needs those things in their journey to understand Christ and to have a real relationship with the Lord. Maybe God uses the enneagram in your life for a season. Maybe not. Maybe he uses Jordan Peterson as a voice piece of somebody in your life for a season. Maybe not, but it's not the gospel. It's not the good news. It's not the creator. It's not the author. It's not the one who brought you into real relationship with faith, with, with the Lord or created real path to the Lord. These are just things that maybe God could use in your story, but they're not the story. They're not God. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to get across. Is like they, it's a slow creep, and it's natural. I think, but but it's not yeah, good. And I think that, and I think you hit it right on the head, right? Like Christians, we just don't do a good job helping new Christians foster relationship with God. Like we don't teach them those skills. Um, like we teach them all these other tools that have helped us along the way, like you're talking about, um, but they're not the things that help foster relationship with Jesus. Um, and that should be our key. Like as, as 
Christians and to walk with Jesus for a long time. Hopefully you're a mature Christian and not just mature because of time, but mature because of depth of relationship with Christ. You know God's voice in your life. You know um, the things that God has done in your life. You know how to foster a relationship with Jesus in your life. Like Those are the, the, the foundations to that. We know those things are true because we see the fruit of those things, which you know we could even look at the... the um, this, the fruit of the spirits and say, are these more present in your life? If they are, then I would argue you're walking with Christ. If they're not, then I would argue you're not walking with Christ, not in a relationship at least. Maybe you're walking theologically or intellectually with Christ, but um, it hasn't gone to a relationship piece. And I think we just miss out on that. And like you were saying, like it comes from a good place, right? You're trying to help this person and these are the things that have helped you. But until they have a firm foundation of this is the gospel and this is the lens that I look at everything through yep. is this gospel yep. and we are already you know, first Corinthians 15, this is the gospel of Christ. Um, and as long as you get to that place, then it's easier to, to navigate everything else. Right. Then you can take the, the meat without taking the bones or however that saying goes, um, because you know, and you've filtered everything through the gospel and anything that takes you from that, then, you know, yeah, I'm not going to participate in these things because I need to stay focused on this, the gospel of Christ. And that's all that matters. Um, and then relationship with Christ, you know, is fostered there. But I think we miss those things. We're not good at teaching others um, how to how to foster those relationship that relationship with Christ. And you know, we've gone through this, right? We foster relationship with Jesus by reading His recorded Word and what we call the Bible in relationship. So we don't just read it to read it or listen to it to listen to it. We right. do it expecting Jesus to speak through it um, and speak to our hearts and our souls of what we need to understand in those moments. Yep. Um, even prayer, like, um, yeah, I'm in a coaching network and we had a conversation. I don't I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe I don't remember now, but we were talking about our relationships with Christ in general and what do they look like and how do we foster them? And, um, mm-hmm. we were talking about prayer specifically and how our prayer lives have changed or haven't changed over our walks with Christ. Um, and we got in this whole conversation about like, if you're conversation with Jesus, what we call prayer, is not an intimate conversation, meaning it's vulnerable, honest, you're laying all out before God, then like you're missing out on a massive piece of what Christianity is, of what a relationship with Jesus is. Yeah. It should yeah. feel intimate. It should feel like Adam and Eve in the garden where they're butt naked standing before God without any shame. Right? Like that's that's <laughs> the that's how it should feel. Let it let it all out. Like that should be your normal conversation with Christ. Um, like, but too often our, our conversation with Christ is, well, I have all these prayer things that I'm, you know, prayer requests that I have that I'm going to run through. And then, you know, I pray before every meal and it's quick prayer and I'm not really even thinking about Jesus. Let's be honest. I'm just saying a blessing out loud. Um, like if that's what it is, then you're missing out on the intimacy of relationship with Jesus where all the fruit of this relationship lives, right? Like if you're fasting and because you're fasting, because this is what good Christians do and you're telling the world about it, right? I think Jesus had something to say about that being sarcastic. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, he did have something to say about that. Uh, you shouldn't be standing on the street corner, disforming your face. So everybody knows that you're fasting in that moment. No, it should be an intimate thing between you and God. Um, and this is hard for me, not in the sense that like, I, you know, I'm someone that fasts on a regular basis. I fast for a long period of time. Um, and, when you do those kinds of things, you end up in weird conversations. And I remember having a conversation with somebody that just kept pushing and pushing, trying to get at the root of why I'm fasting and how long I'm all these details about it. And I'm trying to live as Jesus called me to live and shut up about it. And I'm giving right. hints of like, dude, I don't want to talk about this. Uh, and then I eventually said, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> and this is why. 
Um, hmm. Because I want the intimacy that comes with this walk with Jesus. And I'm doing this in relationship with Christ. And the second I yeah. let the cat out of the bag, it's pointless yep. at that point, right? Like now I'm just getting your praise for doing something that is quote unquote godly. Yep. Um, that's not the point, yep. right? Going into worship. Like, are you worshiping in relationship with Christ? An overflow of what God's doing out in you, and you're just letting it out and just being gracious uh, or, or being grateful to God for why he was so gracious to you, right? Like, that should be our worship. Or are you just going into a room and singing a cool song that you really like and it gives you all the tinglys inside? That's not right. the point. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, the point's not the tinglys inside. Um, right. You could listen to almost any kind of music, and if it's a powerful music, you're going to get tinglys inside. The relationship with Jesus is the peace that we often miss, right? right. Like that's what we have to be striving for. So matter, no matter what we're doing, um, if we're doing these things in relationship with Jesus, like that's where we're going to start to see the fruit of Jesus changing our hearts and our minds. But when we get away from that and any other thing other than the gospel of Christ, um, I think we end up in these places. And like you said, Andrew, like they're, they're places trying to be helpful. Like it's not, I don't think people are out there being, malicious in any way. And we're like, well, we're just going to convince all these Christians that they're idiots and we're going to do all these things. They're not going to know we're up to it. I don't think that's yeah. right. They're genuinely trying to be helpful. Um, and, and I would say even in, you know, we see the argument in Acts between, you know, the, the Jewish Christians and, and those, the Gentile Christians. Um, and it's no, like the, what matter, like it, it was a place of care. Like the Jewish Christians were like, no, this is the things that we do to show God that we're his and we love him. And they just didn't fully understand what this new covenant meant and how it fulfilled the old covenant. Um, yep. And, you know, it's out of, it was out of a place of care. It wasn't out of harm. Um, but when we take those positions on anything other than the gospel, we end up in, in pretty scary places. And I think this is why there's no hope in Christians today. Like we've, we've taken on this workspace faith that it's all about what I can do for God rather than being in relationship with God. And that's, yeah. that's a rough place to live. And I, I have compassion on those people. It's one of the reasons we start, at least for me, that we started this yeah. podcast is I want to help people yeah. find hope again. Um, Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is a big key, big piece of it. Um, you know, I'm writing, sorry, you have thoughts before I go on my next thing. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I don't uh, want to cut you off. My friend. No, no, it, it's all good. And I'm going to have to bounce pretty soon here. Um, but as you were saying that, man, like just, uh, I always am trying to think of how can we make this super usable, like useful, like interesting to listen to for people, but also just like actionable, you know? And I think it's a hard thing, a little bit of a hard thing. It can be to step back and realize like, oh, I'm letting this podcast or this book or this tool or this preacher or this worship or this whatever I'm letting it become part of my gospel. I'm letting it become part of, I'm letting it become a substitution for the real good news in my life. Like that's usually a slow creep. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a switch that just flips and you're like, oh, I forget the gospel and I'm going to say all these things are it, you know? Um, but I guess a simple test or a simple thing is just like, man, if you're listening to this, um, and you're thinking, hey, is there something in my life that I'm considering to be gospel, the good news? Uh, that isn't. Like, just just ask yourself that question and, and do so courageously to say, is there something that I've let Andrew. creep That's in so my sad. life to the oh, point of back. gospel? And I think my practical piece, uh, kind of same along the same lines, I, I would just add another question of, is there anything that you feel like you have to do 
So God is pleased with you. That isn't relationship with Jesus. And I think that may help you start to identify some things in your life where you've allowed other things to be attached to the gospel of Christ, which now is no longer the gospel of Christ because things got attached to it. Like um, if you feel like I have to go to church uh, every week um, because, and I'll explain the example, but uh, I have to go to church every week or God's not going to love me. Then then you've missed the point, right? Like it's relationship with Jesus. Um, now going to, you know, going to church is an important piece of relationship with Jesus, but if you're doing it for any other reason than that, right? Like that's an issue. Um, like, and it starts to push up, pull, pull all those things off of you. Um, and then you start to live in this relationship with Christ because you've identified all the things you've added and you've removed all those things. You're going to be blown away by how light Jesus' burden really feels in your life. Um, and you may be even doing more for God in relationship with Jesus than you ever thought you would, but now it's just becoming more natural than you realized um, because you're just doing a relationship with Jesus and it's just naturally flowing out of you. So you're going to church every week because you want to see God's people and you want to hang out with them and say hi and, get, and hug them around the neck, right? Like right. there's that piece of it that, that starts to come out of you that I think we often miss. So what in your life do you feel like you have to do um, to for God to be pleased with you? Um, I think is a good question to ask. And then Andrew's question was, um, what have you added uh, in your life to the gospel that, that maybe is, um, isn't the gospel and you feel like it's an important piece, but it's not. Um, and then start living in that freedom. Yeah, like, and we'll get more and more into this in Galatians um, as we continue through the, the rest of the book. But um, like, it's this freedom that we really have. And oftentimes Christianity doesn't feel like freedom. Um, and it really should, because that's what Jesus went to the cross for, was for your freedom in relationship with him. And you're going to be blown away as you journey with us through this of how much freedom you can really have in Christ. But hey, Andrew, to let you get going to your next meeting, I love you, my friend. Always good to catch up with you. And those listening, we love you. We're praying for you. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Good to talk to you, man. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.